1: He goes by many titles, uh, but I think of, of him just as coach. But uh, he's also, David Cutcliffe, the special assistant to in football relations for the Southeastern Conference. And he also happens to be a uh, head coach of another yet another Hall of Famer, this time in baseball. We're going to talk some Todd Helton. David Cutcliffe, how are you, sir?
2: Well, I am wonderful. I'm still smiling since i got the news christy todd's wife texted me when they got the call because she knew i was sitting on pins and needles and i mean i was dry mouth Uh, i felt like i was in the middle of a bad football practice cotton mouth you know i mean sweating it and um it was the most joyous news i've had in a long time what
1: a very very special athlete Todd Helton was mm-hmm. and to, to give all that he gave to your football team I thought at the time when let's all be honest we knew he was a baseball player right sure. I thought it was so selfless and spoke to his um, loyalty admiration of University of Tennessee football what do you remember about his attitude those days
2: here's what I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt about Todd Helton, the thing that will please him the most talking to a former teammate won't be the, Hey man, wow. You ended up a hall of famer, you know, no football or baseball. What will thrill Todd the most is when someone comes up to him and says, Hey man, you were the best teammate I ever had. And guess what? That will be said. And I'm not sure that old number, 16 slash 18 would not say that right now about his buddy Todd. Uh, Unique relationship.
1: I was going to ask you about that because I heard something when the news broke that I hadn't heard before and we encourage people to hit that like and subscribe button so we can get this out to as many people as possible. But David, I was um, told that mentor may be too strong of a word, but that he was kind of there to
2: to work alongside Peyton. Can you describe that relationship? Yeah, well, you you got a guy that's in his third year that's pretty worldly. You know, he had hit in the Woodbat League. He'd been in New Haven, Connecticut in the summer uh, prior to going into that year three, which is the money year, you know. And Peyton's a brand new freshman, learning campus, learning... Uh, A lot of things, uh, you know, how do you go about trying to be great? Obviously, he had his dad as a resource, but I I think Todd played that role. Todd was not a good baseball player collegiately. He was a great player. Unbelievable. And he could share with Peyton, uh, you know, talent certainly is a necessity for great but I don't think you reach, and I don't use that word, you know, idly. I, I just, I hate people talking about, well, that one's great. One, not really, you know. But, but Todd was, was great, and great is not reached by talent alone. His preparation, his ability to focus on things he had to do to get better, I think was shared with Peyton Manning. Peyton was very interested in Todd from the beginning. Uh, this unique guy that could give or take football, you know, but still knew what to do. And Todd had great vision in the pocket. I still think he sees in slow motion, uh, which I think great hitters do. And um, there's no question Todd Helton influenced Peyton, not necessarily in the football parts of it, but in the great department, and 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 the kind of passion and focus, they had a lot of conversations now, and they got really close.
1: They they also have to me a similarity of, and I've been around both. I was around the Helton family um, when I was actually in high school. Um, Todd and I are the same age. We both graduated him from Central Hill from Powell at the same time. I was at Levi field, which is where the bad players went. He was at Inskip field, where (laughs) the good players went in baseball. Um, But I've been around Peyton too. And I don't know if it comes from their time together, but they kind of carry themselves the same way in that there's a really strong confidence, but it's not at all a cockiness.
2: Yeah. There's a difference in arrogance and confidence. People confuse those way too often. Um, you know and and that's a good way that's a good observation on your part um there was never an arrogance in either one of them even when the accomplishments were phenomenal uh there wasn't an arrogance in todd helton yesterday no. post vote being exposed uh i think i think they you know I think Peyton said it when he retired and Todd was the same basic way. No, Nobody outworked him. That's, sure. that's the part of the confidence. That's confidence. Arrogance is talking yourself into thinking you've, you, you've done something special, you know, or you're special. No confidence is knowing that you've done. And it's what my mother told me. And I shared this with, with Peyton and Todd is, guys that played for me there's a difference between success and achievement and if things had happened differently yesterday I was going to remind Todd of this my mother I I got upset about not winning an award when I was in high school actually I should have won but that's another story (laughs) (laughs) but she said do you know the difference David in success and achievement I said, no, ma'am. She said, success is somebody else's opinion. Those are awards. It's always somebody else's opinion. When you achieve, don't kid yourself. Look in the mirror and know that you have absolutely done everything you can possibly do to be your very best. And sometimes your best can be pretty special. That's what achievement, and it's a whole lot more satisfying than success. So I think both of those guys are the rare example of both. They're everybody's success model, but it's because they did truly achieve. They did everything, everything they had to do to reach that level. One of the
1: things, and you and I have spent a good a bit amount of time together. But one of the things I didn't know about you is you grew up a big baseball fan, more so than football.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: So this must have been extra special for
2: you. Oh, I cried. I mean, I hate to admit that uh, publicly, but I cried. I had a pasture next to me. And this is how – I mean, I didn't need video games and certainly didn't have them. (laughs) I'd get my bat and my ball, and I'd walk into that pasture – and it turned into yankee stadium immediately and i told todd i've played with all those guys i've played with garrick and dimaggio and mantle i said tell them all i said hello man um and it was my dream i had an uncle that was in the indians organization my dad's youngest brother was a great athlete and I'll be honest with you. At 16, if somebody had told me I wasn't going to pitch for the Yankees, I would have bloodied their mouth before the sentence was finished. <laughs> but God didn't see fit. But I, I, I do think that um, baseball was was everything. It was the baseball game of the week, man. Pee Wee Reese and Dizzy Dean, and no matter where I was in the woods, my mother could really raise her voice and she would yell, David, the ball game's getting ready to come on. And I would set land records to go sit in front of a 13 inch black and white TV was what we had and watch every pitch and hang on every pitch. Uh, and every word that Dizzy Dean said and him singing um, by the time he hit the seventh inning stretch he had had enough fall staff which was one of the sponsors that he was singing the wall bash cannonball which became my favorite song so I was baseball everything growing up Dave uh, what did um, what do you hope or think and I know
1: you're very humble and this is a weird question to ask um, because you're I- I'm somewhat asking you to compliment yourself but what do you hope you imparted or what do you think that you maybe contributed to his growth at that very key time at Tennessee?
2: Well, I I think (laughs) true love. I think really understanding that somebody can really, truly love you for nothing about what you do, but for who you are. I walked in recruiting Todd. He and I walked through the uh, veterinary school because he had in his mind that if something didn't work out, he would have been a veterinarian. And I knew that. I knew that was deep in his soul. And he and I spent two hours going through there in the recruiting process. And then, you know, hours of of talking and listening to him. Uh, We went through the, should I go now out of high school? I got real close to his grandmother and I wouldn't even known the Padres were in town if she hadn't called me. And I tried to sidetrack that wreck, you know, but coming straight out of high school. And, you know, I think those things, I think that, that just, it's real, you know, these it's all about relationships. It's, I tried to be a good teammate to to Todd Helton. And so maybe, maybe I made that value important to him. That would be my hope. And I'm not trying to be arrogant. Believe me.
1: No, 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 no. I know you're not. And, um, Coincidentally, this is a crazy coincidence, but a lot of Powell High School kids hung out with Central High School kids. Yeah, and I was on senior trip outside the room when he got the call for the Padres, and we were <laughs> probably a bunch of kids doing things we shouldn't have been doing. David, I'm going to be right. I, I
2: get. I, I know what senior trips are. Yes, and
1: I, I and I I just remember thinking, well, he can't go to Tennessee now. He's a second round pick, so. When you heard that, are you thinking, I've lost it?
2: Yeah, my heart sunk. But I had talked to Martha a lot about it, his mom. Um, and, you know, and I talked to his grandmother. And, and I tried to be honest. I mean, I, I, one of the things in coaching quarterbacks, as well as you have to, you can never violate that trust. And with any part of their family. So I didn't know that it wasn't a better for him to to go but we we did the the with them because you know mom matters and grandma matters Uh, we we did with them the pros and cons as best i could openly and honestly and um if you look at track records and one of the things that, that i didn't like was that You go to the minor leagues, you get a bonus, but you're not making a lot of money. You're playing with a bunch of older guys that got older guys' habits. You're getting on buses. You don't have somebody training you like you do collegiately. You don't have a Coach Cutcliffe watching you, making sure that you're not back on senior trip doing things you shouldn't do. Um, So those were the values that they had to put on versus money. And, um, that was, I didn't try to convince him. I just laid that out there and they talked to all about it as a family and Jerry and everybody's involved. But, you know, I think for Todd's best interest, they obviously made the the best decision. Money wasn't just thrown around then like it is today with the numbers, you you know that. And Mm -hmm. so, Going from, I think, was he the third player taken in the second round or maybe the first or second? I don't know. But becoming a first-rounder was a significantly different bonus. And it created, with his age, a better path to get that call up where he goes up and hits a home run in his first at-bat, you know, like Hall of Famers do. And so I'm – I didn't try to talk him out of anything. I just wanted them to know the pros and the cons. And I think Todd felt like he would be better served being in a collegiate environment. I really do. I think he felt that his heart.
1: He, He had another crossroad, which I think is very similar in that he followed his heart where maybe logic, you could have argued the other side. And that was when he, he signed the big contract with Colorado. Uh, I was actually friends with his dad. We worked out together, and I know that his dad wanted him to be a Yankee, mm-hmm. but he or a Red Sox or something that would get a little bit more pub, so that he would make the Hall of Fame. And uh, rest his soul, Jerry didn't think that no matter what he did in Colorado, he'd get in the Hall of Fame. But he stuck with his he stuck with his heart. Todd stuck with his heart. And he ended up in the Hall of Fame, which makes it even even more special to me.
2: Well, I, I went to I would go to Denver and stay with Todd at the house, and I would ride in with him for a ball game. I went for a Yankees series one time, which selfishly, yes, I wanted to see the Rockies, but I wanted to meet Joe Torre and the Yankees, you know. So, but I rode in with him, and this is what I can tell you about Todd. Um, we, we pull in, you know, I'm, I'm having a big time. We're pulling into players parking lot. You know, I mean, I'm here. I am living the dream and, um, he knows everybody's name that's working in that stadium first name and is so good to them and kind to them. And then you go in the locker room and the locker room attendant and his teammates. And his, his coaches, Clint Hurdle, was a football player uh, in high school, the manager and the, the coaches that were there at that time. And I just saw the care they all had for each other. Let's go back to being that great teammate. Money, fame, or love? You know, I know I'm old school, but. I, I like loyalty and love, and I think he made the right decision. And he loved it out there. Now he had the 17 Ranch. I got more pictures of Todd with big dead elks and animals that I can't even identify. He loved to hunt. He loved the the big sky country, you know. So I'm I'm glad he followed his heart. And I've always been worried about. Mountain air being the reason a baseball writer would say, well, he he didn't hit 800 home runs. He hit doubles. He would hit doubles anywhere in the major leagues. He hit triples. You know, he hit, he's got records that are just phenomenal. He was an all around ball player. He was a golden glove winner. I mean, isn't it refreshing to see a player be loyal? And and when he got toward the end of his career and you start declining, one of my least favorite memories, and I loved Willie Mays growing up because I was from the same area in Alabama he was, is seeing Willie Mays in a Mets uniform. That bummed me out. Willie Mays is a San Francisco giant, man. Come on, you know. Um, I lived it with Eli. I lived it with it not happening for 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 Peyton. Um, I just think there's something to that. So that even makes him more of a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Uh,
1: I I can com- I completely agree. Now I I'm I'm curious about this. So you're you're recruiting him, but if you can talk about the quarterback room because this is slightly before my time. The quarterback room then did did you. When you're recruiting him, did you realistically think that he could beat out the other guys that you were talking to? Or was it about getting a collection of talent and seeing what he could become?
2: No, I thought he was a starter. Okay. Know, no question. I, I thought Jerry Colquitt was, uh, but a guy named He shooter kind of got in the way. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think people, and that's a whole other story, understand the greatness of he shooter uh, it didn't go in that direction in the NFL for multiple reasons, injury being a big one. But um, you know, I, I, there's no question in my mind he 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 was a starter. He had great accuracy. You know, he had great fingers. I don't even call it hands. Most people have like fingers. Yeah, well, everything you throw a ball with your fingers. You don't throw it with your hand. You hit a baseball with your fingers. You don't hit it with your arms or your hand. And Todd had maybe the best fingers I'd ever seen. And then in watching football with him, I realized his vision was special. And then once I got to coach him as a freshman, I'm standing back behind the pocket. I said, Todd, why don't you go there with the ball? And he would say, well, this safety did this and that. And I'm like, I didn't see that. And then later that night, I'd watch the film Oh, yeah, he was right. And I think Todd Helton hit the threads. Um, and I think that's a rare thing amongst baseball players. He didn't hit the ball. He saw the threads. He saw an incredible detail as a quarterback. And then his intellect was he could download everything quickly to you that was rolling through that mind. Uh, he's, he, he'd get mad at me for saying it, but he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. He may not want people to know how smart he is sometimes, but he's really, really smart. Uh, what I call fast twitch brain fiber. You know, everybody talks about fast twitch muscle fiber. Well, the, the great ones I've been around have that fast twitch brain fiber. They compute things so much more quickly than the rest of us. It's pretty amazing. It really is.
1: It It, it is so crazy to to think about. Uh, your career, and I know that you don't like talking about yourself that much, but your career to have a guy in a Baseball Hall of Fame and arguably the best uh, quarterback in in the NFL—I mean, those—that's a very blessed career. And and I'm leaving a whole lot of stuff out. Um, what you did with what you did with Eli, the fact that you made Duke—I mean, you've got a really unique, special career when you look back on it you've got to be incredibly appreciative. I, would
2: think. I, uh, I don't go buy lottery tickets because I feel like I've already won it with people. I would not spend a dime to buy a lottery ticket. How dumb would that be when I have been so blessed to have all of these incredible people, both coaches and players uh, through the years that, that help your life be full. Uh, I just I think rather than that purpose for me being pitching for the Yankees like I wanted it to be, maybe my purpose is trying to help others fulfill their their vision. I don't even like to call them goals. Um, I, I think goals sometimes like pe- people won't appreciate this, but I think it's a bad approach. Um, I don't think you – if you want to be – great you have to have standards and those standards produce habits and that's how we teach and um so i've been blessed to be around guys with really high standards i mean, really high standards and so i've learned more from them than they have from me through the years i can promise you that
1: well i've never bought a lottery ticket either so uh, may- maybe i'm as blessed um or at least in the ballpark no pun intended. Um, with with Todd, did you talk to him at any point about if all things were equal, if he were as good as one as the other, if the money was the same as the other, what, what do you think he would have preferred?
2: Baseball. I mean, it came more naturally. It came without a pass rush. Um, you know, I wouldn't be able to catch – mile an hour fastball, but he could hit one. Right. You know, and I think that skill he knew. um, And he, he, he worked on that skill. When I would go stay at him with his house, he had a theater just to watch pictures. Oh, wow. He had a great library and he watched pictures and he referenced something. Tony Gwynn told him yesterday and that announcement when they When mlb network i don't know if you saw it or not Mm -hmm. when he mentioned tony Gwynn, said what are you watching and he you know why are you trying to see the ball come out he said no pick a spot and i don't know if he said it and todd i'm sorry if this is a secret but he looked right at the tip of the bill of the cap to settle his eyes and i had never heard that before tip of his cap okay tip of the pitcher's cap
1: the pitcher's cap okay
2: you got to. What Tony Gwynn told him was to don't have your eyes all over the place. You, you, your eyes, even throwing a football, one of the abilities is to have a solid base. And so you're, you're, you're not moving. One of the difficult things playing receiver is that you are, your eyes are moving when you're having to catch a ball. So that, that takes a lot of work. But in hitting a baseball, your eyes have to be set and still. So your eyes go from that brim of that pitcher's cap to the (laughs) ball and it's stable. Uh, And, you know, so I tried that some, I I, I still like to swing a bat every now and then take a little BP. And and I did with Todd when I would go out there. And um, I I think, I I understand that. And I was pretty good hitter along the way when I was playing baseball, but, Golly, watching those guys. And uh, I took all of our equipment people at Duke to Atlanta to see the Braves and the Rockies play. And I had friends on the Braves side and we had Todd and that staff I knew. So we got access to the field prior to the game and just went out there and and watched that practice. And uh, oh my gosh, you know, just the sweet, swings but how still their head is watch big time golfers mm-hmm. you, you can't sway you know their head is 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 still so i thought that was pretty interesting he had never revealed to me that he had heard that from tony quinn and nice. uh but he gave him credit yesterday for that
1: that is uh that that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, that's an incredible story. I've never heard that before. Well, that's
2: again. That's how I learned from from these guys to to talk to people that are doing anything exceptionally well. You you learn something about coaching people, you know. And and, and I'm fortunate. I came along in an era day for me. Um, I was single when I started at Tennessee and. There was, we had film, I mean, rolls of film. You didn't get other people's film. They didn't send, pro teams wouldn't share film. The only thing, way well, you could learn was to go to those places. So when we got vacation time, I didn't have anybody to vacate with. Uh, they started their their camps. I would go to San Francisco and pester Bill Walsh and those guys and watch them or go to... Uh, Washington and watch Gibbs or go to Miami and, and pay attention to what was going on with Shula. And it's interesting how much a lot of things taught went back to the eyes. And, um, that, that, that would be a great story. Um, and I've heard other great coaches talk about it, you know, in sports excellence, it has to start right there. And um, I don't care what you do basketball, baseball, football, picking the big three, but any sport tennis. Can you imagine the eyes of those guys with those serves? Oh, yeah. If one of those guys that have served me, I'd be running. and okay. I'd probably run right into the ball. You know, okay. wouldn't see it quick enough to evade it.
1: Or put a spin on it and you're halfway off the court and they hit you. Well, let me ask you what, what may be an unfair question. If, If things had unfolded instead of a national championship winning coach, which you are, I don't care if you were actually at the Fiesta Bowl that you're not. And I wrote that in my book, which I got to send you a copy of. um, Would you have been a world series
2: winning manager? I I think I could have. I mean, I'm not being arrogant. Uh, Again, when you're around that kind of talent and you're willing to learn from the functional part Yes, you got to work and study and grow and, you know, I mean, I learned so many things from so many coaches, Coach Bright, Coach Majors, you know, Lord, you know, just you learn so much, but you have to learn from the functional part. And um, I think being around a major league team, and then you got to be able to guy that fits in, you got to, as a manager or a coach, you better be a great teammate. You know, and when young people ask me, coach, how do I be a great teammate? Well, you focus more on others than you do yourself. It's not all that hard. That's being a good friend. That's being a good person. But as a great teammate, and when you can create that in a locker room, you, you got something special. And that's getting harder in sport because we're seeing money you know, overtake everything else. And uh, I'm not, not opposed to anybody reaping benefits of money. But it can't be your focal point. It's not, it can't be who you are. It's, it can be a part of, it's a byproduct. But I see people that let it become, that's who they think they are. You know? Yeah.
1: I'm I'm very happy for you. I'm very happy for Todd. I'm very glad that he played at Inskip instead of Levi Field because he would have embarrassed <laughs> us. I mean that whole group, Bubba Trammel. I don't know if you heard that name. Oh yes. Oh yeah. The the good ones went to Inskip. The bad ones stayed at Levi. So that was uh, I was glad he went to Inskip and got picked up. Well,
2: somebody this <laughs> this last twenty four hours texted me something about Inskip and. uh we had a three-way going with Carmen Degano, myself, and Peyton, because we're all such huge Todd Helton people yesterday. And, uh, oh, it was just so rewarding uh, for, for, for everybody. And that tells the story of Todd. When you have three people in your past that are that – he was a great teammate for all of us uh, that we're on pins and needles – with him for him and um there is a good god i know that and uh, maybe even a good baseball writers god i'm not sure of that (laughs) just yet but i my my hats are off to the baseball writers association because i think they got this one right
1: means a lot that you would make the time um David, we could talk uh, football, but I know you've got things to do. The special assistant to the uh, SEC commissioner. Yeah. Be- thank you so much, and um, I-, I-, I hope we get to visit again soon. Because I-, I would, I would have to say that of all the people in my life, that my most quality conversations, from top to bottom, without the fluff and other stuff, probably came with David Cutcliffe. Like I learned more. <laughs> yeah, I learned more. And I, I became a better person for those conversations in all, minute by minute, than maybe anybody else. You're,
2: you're, well, that's very kind. And we were teammates on the radio, so, you know, yeah. people I, forget I, that, I guess. But maybe well, a few I, in Knoxville still remember those times.
1: Now, I've, I've still got the ratings. We slayed. <laughs> yeah.
2: we yeah, had you. fun. And God rest the soul of Jeff Jacoby. Uh, yes,
1: yes, yes, sir. Um, yes, sir. I will the three of us were thirteen and 0 that year.
2: I think we did really good. Yes, we I, did. All yeah. right, God bless, man.
1: He Thank is David. He's David Cutcliffe. I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off Dog Sports.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash